Hey everybody and welcome to the June 11th, 2023 episode of the Rugby Report. My name is Dwayne Burkhardt and it has been yet another flat out amazing week in rugby. We will begin this episode with the Super Rugby Pacific League, which began its postseason this weekend. And while two of the quarterfinal games were frankly kind of ho-hum blowouts, the other two were completely heart-stopping, oh my god, are you kidding me, what the heck just happened, holy crap, wow, thrillers. The Super Rugby postseason began in Auckland, where the number three ranked Blues hosted the number six Waratahs. And in the early minutes of this game, it looked a little scary for the Blues. The Taz began the game with some aggressive and opportunistic offense and took the early 7-0 lead. But then the Blues, well, they just shut the door on their Aussie guests, racking up 38 straight points, including some brilliant play from hooker Ricky Riccatelli, who I have always said is highly underrated, and an interception returned for a try by Mark Talia to seal the deal. Each team added a meaningless score late, but this game was over long before it was over. The full-time score, Blues 41, Waratahs 12. The Waratahs are one and done in the playoffs, but as a franchise, they have continued to improve since finding themselves in the bottom of the league just a couple of years ago. They came alive in the back half of this season, and they have every right to be proud of what they accomplished this year. Finally, again, Special hat tip to Aussie legend Michael Hooper in this, the last Super Rugby game of his long and illustrious career. I can think of no better tribute to Hooper than what Blues star Bowden Barrett had to say about him after the game. When asked to comment on Hooper, Barrett simply said, Yeah, thank God we don't have to play against that guy again. Congratulations on a great career, Hoop, and good luck. Next up, we traveled down the highway to FMG Stadium in Hamilton, where the table-topping Chiefs hosted the only team to beat them this year. The number 8 Queensland Reds came to town looking to spoil the plans of Chiefs fans everywhere, while the Chiefs were seeking their first title since 2013. It was a flat-out gorgeous night in Hamilton, nothing like the conditions in Round 12 when the Reds shocked the rugby world by taking down the Chiefs in Taranaki. But this game wasn't about the weather. It was about two teams that match up against each other very evenly, going toe-to-toe for 80 straight minutes of hard-fought rugby. The first half was a bruising battle between the two teams and included some career highlight reel hits, both from and to a number of big-name players. Damian McKenzie was on fire early on, and he needed to be as the Reds managed to score twice where the try line eluded the Chiefs until the very end of the half, when McKenzie found a streaking Sean Stevenson, who managed to punch a hole through the Reds' defense and get the entire Reds' secondary to converge on him before passing the ball to Narawa, who was wide open on the left sideline. It was the Chiefs' only try of the half, although Narawa also had an early one denied on a call that over 15,000 Chiefs fans and I thought was at least a little ticky-tacky. But still... The game was a frighteningly close 16-10 Chiefs at the break. In the second half, the Chiefs took their lead out to 19-10 before the Reds scored twice, including a massive kick from Reds rookie sensation Tom Linaw. Seriously, folks, Tom Linaw. Write his name down. He is going to be a star in this league. And suddenly, it was the Reds leading by one, 20-19, 
with less than 20 to play. Damian McKenzie gave the Chiefs the lead back with another clutch kick of his own, but then, when they needed it most, in the 76th minute, the Chiefs finally cut through the Reds' defense again, and the beast himself, Peter Gus Soakula, was, well, Soakula, as he pounded the ball over the line and put the Chiefs up for good. It was a heart-stopping thriller of a game that really could have gone either way. But in the end, the Chiefs escape with a close call in the quarterfinal round, and they advance to the semifinals. The full-time score was Chiefs 29, Reds 20. The Reds' season is now done, and I have a couple of things to say. First, this team entered this season with high expectations and a lot of promise but devastating injuries, a couple of key trades, and some just plain bad luck quickly turned their season into more of a rebuilding year than a championship run. But rebuild they did. And even though they barely made the playoffs and are now one and done, it seems to me that this Reds team has a lot to look forward to in 2024. Finally, hats off to departing Reds coach Brad Thorne. As I've said previously on this podcast, I have no idea what Red's management is thinking by getting rid of Thorne. It's like swapping out the engines on your airplane because the in-flight meal wasn't very good. Thorne took this team from nothing to the top of the Aussie table, and he deserved a much better end in Queensland. Wherever he goes, we wish him well, and we're sure that he will be missed. Next up, we head down to Christchurch, where the number two Crusaders faced off against a number seven Drua squad that was hard to beat at home this year. And the Crusaders know all about that because they were one of the teams that lost there earlier this year. But this game was in Christchurch, and this Crusaders team is not the same team that frankly stumbled into the season a few months ago. And it showed. I don't have a lot to say about this game because it was essentially all Crusaders all the time. They scored early and often and controlled this game from start to finish. The Drua's only score came on something of a fluke play, and it was ultimately a hopefully forgettable night for the players and fans from Fiji. The full-time score was a jaw-dropping Crusaders 49, Drua 8. The Drua are now done for the year. But I hope that the memory of this weekend's game fades quickly, because in 2023, the Drua played some truly exciting and just plain fun-to-watch rugby. And their fans? Well, they are simply next level in support of their team. And when you look back at this season as a whole, the Drua scored some truly stunning upsets and set the table for a very bright future indeed. Congratulations, boys. See you next year. And finally, a game that I predicted could be a game for the ages. And well, (laughs) wow. The number four Canberra Brumbies hosted the number five Wellington Hurricanes in a game that really needs to be seen to be believed. But since this is a recap and preview podcast, as inadequate as words are going to be, I'm going to give it a try. The Hurricanes struck first in just the opening two minutes when rising superstar Kenny Naholo shook off several defenders and rumbled across the try line to give the Canes an early 7-0 lead. 
The Brumbies tied the score minutes later, but the Canes took the lead back 10-7. Then the Brumbies found their groove, marched down the field twice, and before you knew it, it was 19-13 Brumbies, and then 25-16 Brumbies at the half. But in the second half, back came the Hurricanes, as veteran superstar Artie Savia pounded his way through the Brumbies' defense and over the line, and just like that, the Hurricanes reclaimed the lead 26-25. And then Devin Flanders, a midfielder, breaks loose from a scrum and took the ball over 60 meters, all by himself, to the house. And suddenly, it's the Hurricanes who seem in charge and lead 33-25. But even though there's less than 20 minutes to play, this game is far from over. Because back come the Brumbies, scoring twice in 10 minutes, and with just minutes remaining, it's now 37-33 Brumbies. But wait, there's more. In extra time, in fact, five minutes into extra time, the Hurricanes pounded and pounded on the Brumbies' defense right on their try line, and finally they burst through. But on review, the ball is ruled as held up. The try is nullified, and it's the Brumbies who escape in advance. Full-time score, Brumbies 37, Hurricanes 33. Folks, I know that there are a lot of people in Wellington this morning who are feeling robbed. And I get it. I do. But I've now seen this replay about ten times. And here's what I know for a fact. We are never going to know whether or not that ball was actually held up. I do agree that the best camera angles we have do not contain enough visual evidence to overturn the on-field decision. But one of those angles does seem to show the ball is held up. Could it have been down before that moment? Absolutely. Should the on-field call have been overturned? I don't know. And this is definitely a game that people will argue about for a very very long time. But I hope that when those debates happen, everyone will remember that either way, this was a great game of rugby. And regardless of the outcome, it was good for the game. Also, while the hurricane season is now over, I have to say that I haven't been this excited by a team's future prospects in a long time. As noted on this podcast, the Canes seem to be just one or two tiny tweaks away from being a very, very dangerous team. They already have the roots of a great team with longtime veterans like the Savia brothers, Dane Coles, and Jordy Barrett. But this season, they added two emerging superstars in Cam Roygaard and Kenny Naholo. And folks, they're only going to get better from here. Congratulations to the Canes on a great season in 2023. And I am really looking forward to seeing you in 2024. And then there were four. The Super Rugby semifinals are this weekend, and the matchups are epic. The weekend action will begin in Christchurch, where the first semifinal game is actually a rematch of last year's championship game between the number two ranked Crusaders and the number three ranked Blues. In a very real way, 
The Blues have spent their entire 2023 season haunted by their loss in last year's championship. And they will be highly motivated to prove that they are a championship-caliber team. Many of the players have openly talked about how important it is to bring a title back to Auckland. And while the Blues did take the trophy home in 2021, that was during the shortened and international-only pandemic season. The Blues haven't won a full Super Rugby title since 2003, and this team desperately wants to change that. Unfortunately, they're facing a Crusaders team that is on a mission right now. And that mission is focused on getting back to Hamilton so that they can play the Chiefs a third time this season. Honestly, I don't know who's going to win this game. Both teams are relatively evenly matched, filled with superstars, and they've even been plagued by some similar shortcomings over the course of the season. So it it truly is anyone's game. Of course, I have to pick someone. And while my gut tells me that the Blues will be tougher than some might expect, The Crusaders will be at home. And at some point, the fact that they've won 13 titles to the Blues 3 is going to factor into this game. No promises, folks. But I'm going to call this game for the home team. Crusaders win. The second semifinal game is a rematch of the 2013 championship game and features the number one ranked Chiefs and the number four ranked Canberra Brumbies. The best team in New Zealand this year against the best team in Australia. These two teams have played some epic games in the last few years. And while the Chiefs did beat the Brumbies in Canberra just two weeks ago, it was far from a walk in the park for the Chiefs. That said, the Chiefs will be at home and brimming with confidence now that they have dispatched the only team to beat them this year. And I just can't believe that the Brumbies are going to stroll into Hamilton and take this game on the road. Once again in 2023, the Brumbies are the best team in Australia. But this game is going to be played in New Zealand. And I think the Chiefs are going to win it. Chiefs win. We cross the mighty Pacific now and check in on the MLR's Round 17 right here in the good old USA. The weekend began in Houston, where the Sabercats devoured the D.C. Old Glory 31-7. The win essentially guarantees the Sabercats the last playoff spot in the Western Conference, so congrats to the Cats. Next up, the Dallas Jackals fell at home to the still-streaky and still-fun-to-watch Nola Gold. Full-time score there was Dallas 10, New Orleans 15. Atlanta then faced off against the defending champion New York Ironworkers in a game that could have been meaningful if Atlanta had one more win and New York had one more loss. But as it is, Atlanta was playing for pride, and New York was not feeling charitable. Full-time score, Atlanta 25, New York 39. And finally yesterday, in what has to be one of the upsets of the year, The Utah Warriors hosted my Chicago Hounds. The Warriors came into this game in basically the same spot that Atlanta was in, outside looking in and wondering what could have been. The Warriors have played some great rugby this season, but unfortunately, they came into the game knowing that they would fall just short of the postseason regardless of the outcome. Still, the outcome was shocking. So, hats off to my Chicago Hounds. Ho, ho, ho! 
as they stunned the Utah faithful and beat the Warriors on the road. Full-time score was Utah 24, Chicago 26. And once again this week, there are two games taking place as we record our podcast. And because we're broadcasting early this week, the scores will still be unknown when the podcast is uploaded. So all I can tell or show you this week is that the Toronto Arrows welcome the table-topping San Diego Legion to the Great White North. And in a game with at least some drama, the Seattle Seawolves are hosting the New England Free Jacks. If the Wolves win, they will absolutely secure a first-round playoff game at home. Now, fortunately, as I indicated, the MLR playoff picture is now all but certain. But I'll show you the standings anyway. The San Diego Legion and the New England Free Jacks are and will be the conference leaders when the season ends next weekend. And thus, they will both have a first-round bye in the playoffs. In the West, the elimination game will feature the Seattle Seawolves and the Houston Sabercats. And in the East, the first-round elimination game will feature the defending champion New York Ironworkers and the old glory from our nation's capital. And it now looks like that game is going to be played up in the Big Apple. And once again, folks, that's all we have for you this week. Thank you all for traveling around the planet with us and for listening to and or watching the Rugby Report. Until next time, if you find that you're making waves in life just being yourself, don't worry about it. The moon does it all the time. See you next time. Bloopers. Find your happy place. Happy place, happy place, happy place. <laughs> Both from and to a number of big name players, I'm going to do all of this again because I can't understand what I'm saying. Ugh. We'll try tea. Crusaders faced off against the number seven Drua. Nope. A Drua, a number seven Drua squad. It was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I messed that up. Hang on. And it was ultimately a hopefully forget a hopefully hopefully forgettable. I think those were the words I was trying to get out of my head. Oh Lord. All right. One more time. And when you look back on this season as a whole, I'm going to stop and try to breathe. Oh fuck. The weekend action will begin in Christchurch. Where this first the that's all we have for you this week. That's it. I did it. I got all the way to the end and then I blew it. I blew the clothes. Then it's an excuse for tea. And once again, folks, that's all we have for. I did it twice.